Well, hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle coming to you from the burning hell of Los Angeles here. And I'm here with my friend and partner, uh, Alfonso Rachel, in the bright, lovely blue place of someplace that's not Los Angeles. <laughs> How you doing, Zoe? Everything good? I'm hanging in there, man. All right, cool. <laughs> No, a good kind of hanging, not the kind of hanging it's that, like that by your fingernails, right? You know, and, yeah, and the kind of yeah. hanging that Democrats want to put us through. Oh my God! We go all be strange fruit, man. We're gonna we're gonna be positive here because if we don't, um, <laughs> then we'll be negative. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was uh, uh, I I was doing a, a, like a campaign event for Larry Elder for governor <laughs> yesterday, and there were two different things that that came up there. So I guess we thought we'd do maybe both shows about this one. <laughs> The first one was, um, well, what I want to talk about is language and, and, and how adept the left is at using language. Somebody asked uh, what uh, Larry's position on um, sanctuary cities would be. And not really fair to really speak for him, but I said he understands this. He understands the power of language. So if you want to get rid of sanctuary cities, the first thing you need to do is stop calling them sanctuary cities. Sanctuary is a a, a very old term. Uh, it's an ancient Christian idea that if you manage somehow to get yourself to the cathedral or the church and say, I, I demand sanctuary, nobody could touch you until you came out. Uh, and so when you say sanctuary city, you naturally assume a, a lot of positive connotations with that. Who doesn't want the idea of sanctuary? The way you get rid of sanctuary cities is to start calling them illegal concentrations of illegal aliens. <laughs> but what that made me realize is, is that in so many cases, the left, which has a great deal of what Evans say called rhetorical intelligence, mm -hmm. has always managed to find a way to frame things that make it sound appealing. Uh, I think probably the classic example of this is, is welfare. Um, there was no justification whatsoever in the Constitution for basically taking money from one American citizen and giving it to another. So they decided to name the program welfare because in the preamble to the Constitution, this is provide for the common welfare. And we see this again and again and again and again and again, how, how they managed to use this language to create uh, an environment. The, the most recent example and the one that chilled my blood is safer at home. <laughs> Here in California, we saw that everywhere. Once they start locking you down, you're safer at home. Mm. I'll bet I am. Uh, <laughs> safer even in my bathroom with the door locked than I would be in the rest of the house. Anyway... I want to talk to you about the power of language and especially how language affects political issues. Do you see that how many times the language that the left uses means that we we walk into like this kill box that they've set up where now we're arguing against sanctuary instead of talking about things like, you know, law where we're in the right? Uh, definitely, man. I've been harping about this for a long time. It's, we, we've been talking about it for a long time, man. It's how, how the left is able to, uh, you know, really take the language and just run with it. And, and you know, and uh, I don't, it's like I didn't need the left as an example. If I can go right to the word, it says life and death is in the power of the tongue. You got to make sure that you have, that you don't let your enemies run rampant with the language, you know, because they can be destructive or, I mean, people can be constructive or destructive with it. And, um, you know, and I like that. What was that one? Um, I think there's a state, man, they're, in, uh, they're, they're um, standing up against uh, abortion laws and um, and they're saying, you know what, we're going to call this a sanctuary city. It's going to be a sanctuary city for babies, for, for you know, unborn children, that's yeah. right. That's right. So um, but, you know, as it is, you know, these people, they, they take advantage of the language. 
you know, and like, you know, you're talking about like, uh, you know, stay inside. It's it's safer. You know, these people are the ones telling us, you know, if you go to a restaurant, you need to eat outside, but you're going to eat inside in an enclosure. And I think that's really weird. It's like, I don't know how much that's much safer. According to you guys' narrative, people still got to blow on their foods and stuff like that. These people are super spreaders, man, out there <laughs> cooling off their food, blowing on their food and stuff like that. No, you don't. You obviously don't understand the science. Uh, when you have your mouth open to eat, that the viruses understand that that's that that is not fair to infect you at that time. Not sure. So the, so they basically wait outside of the range of the tables so that they can get you on on the way out. As long as it makes them feel better, man, I'm sure. But but you know the thing is, but we we try to talk about this though. And like like folks like me, you know, I get told that I'm 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 playing on semantics. It's like no, it's not being semantical. Like one of the the big hangups I have is like when uh, when I hear conservatives cons calling um liberals radicals and calling democrats radicals. I'm like you guys don't want to do that. That it's like it, all your if if you guys notice, I'm trying to tell a lot of these high profile conservatives, man, it's like if you guys notice the more you keep using the term radical, the crazier things get. I know that they say it because they, they want to have like some punctuation to their point or they're trying to drive home these people are. It's like, yeah, it does have an effect, but not the right kind. I hope these folks can understand that the reason why they're playing on the word radical so much is because they're following the strategy of Saul Alinsky. That's why they're doing it. They heard they, it's like during the Obama campaign, the, 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 uh, there was this resurfacing of, of Saul Alinsky's book. I dedicate this book to the first radical Satan and all that sort of stuff or Lucifer. And from there, they took that as a cue. It's like, I understand 60s radicals and all this sort of even these people were misled. That's not what a radical is. And so they took that and they're running with it. And I'm trying to tell them it doesn't have a good effect. And you're in effect helping them promote the idea that the parties have switched sides. Don't fall for their language trap. It's like the same thing I try to tell them with the, with the, uh, with the, with the systemic racism, the white privilege, um, and um, the white supremacy. Don't fall into their trap. These things are real, the white supremacy. The, uh, you know, and we listen, I listen to this language. It's like, yeah, it's not an admission of guilt for you. Acknowledge where it came from. Now you've got a weapon, right? Take their artillery and That's use it. it against them because they are those people. The, the white supremacy has not stopped with Democrats. And it's like, well, they'll say that, well, they've got, look at Al Sharpton or, or look at these people that are getting, it's like, yeah, yeah, these people have allies and they have sacrificial lambs too. This is a war, you know? So in that war, um, a lot of things are going to be done to make it present the illusion of something else. Don't, it, don't give into it. Understand that these people are master manipulators and they know how to use language. And if you get caught in their trap, they'll just keep on getting away with what they're getting away with and you will be unwittingly giving them the fuel to do it. Yeah, it's kind of handy to know a little history too because you just were talking about like Jesse Jackson and Al mm. Sharpton and stuff and mm. how could they be uh, in favor of white supremacy when they're black. Mm. But, uh, you know, when when the slave trade was happening in Africa, it wasn't white guys that were going into, uh, you know, the rainforest to, to pull black <laughs> slaves out of there. Black other blacks did that, yes. brought them to the coast, to the to the slave ports and then sold them to the white people. Mm. So, yeah, this this kind of thing, this kind of reversal is great. This kind of little bit what we do with the virtue signals is kind of spin that thing around. Mm. But of all the things, really, the two things that, that are most um, like egregious to me, I guess, are are the words uh, liberal and and progressive. Mm. Um, we'll take them one at a time. Mm. Uh, liberal is obviously connected to liberty. It, it it it's from the same Latin root for uh, 
libertas for, for freedom. Mm. It means freedom. Uh, and you, when people ask me, well, you're conservative, what, what is it, that, you know, what does that mean? I'm conserving traditional, classical, liberal principles. Private property is a liberal idea. It's an idea that's based on freedom. It's uh, as is individual responsibility, individual rights, individual protections, all of these things. The, the ability to bear arms. You couldn't bear arms in medieval England unless you were part of the gentry, unless you had a coat of arms. That's what it entitled you to do. And so, so they stole this word liberal, which has a used to have a, a, a really good con uh, sort of a connotation to it. And, you know, when, when, when the Republicans of the party of, of freeing, freeing the slaves, they were called the black radicals. They were called, lib you know, liberals, insane liberals, all of that stuff. So that's a word that they stole. And, and we allow this to happen. And the classic example of, of this, of this kind of brazen dishonesty paying off, is during the Russian Revolution, um, Lenin had a relatively small party, which he decided to call the Bolsheviks, which means the majority. And the idiots <laughs> on the other side, who had a huge majority over, over Lenin, agreed that we will, if you're going to be the Bolsheviks, we'll be the Mensheviks. If you call yourself the majority, we'll be the minority. He just plain decreed it, and everybody went along. And this is what I see here all the time. I see people simply allowing them to get away with this kind of language where we find ourselves arguing against things like liberty, uh, sanctuary, all of these words that have positive meanings. We just walk right into that trap. You're right about, about the artillery. We not only need to take their artillery and spike the guns, we need to take their artillery and turn it around against the people who've been um, firing these shells in the first place. Indeed, man. And, and these words, you know, that should have a, a, a positive connotation, um, you know, like, like, the, like the word says, man, the devil masquerades as an angel of light. And you can have a word that can mean something totally, it, sh it should mean something totally good, and it, and it may not. Like even with, uh, you know, when we talk about freedom and we talk about liberty and uh, liberal, the problem with those things that, People want to take those things to extremes. And I want to say really quick, that's at the end of the day of a conservative, because even when you're talking about being a conservative and we consider ourselves classical liberals, well, you still got to be conservative about it, <laughs> you know, because if not. Yeah, you, otherwise you're a libertine. Right. Now, see, there, now here's the thing. If we're talking about liberalism and freedom and, and, and liberty and libertine, well, who gets to decide what that means? Everybody should have the liberty to define what that means on their own terms. Uh, anybody is going to take the term liberal and take liberties with what that means on their own terms. See, it, it's, it's almost like the most dangerous environment for liberal, for liberal is an environment of liberty. It's the most dangerous place for it to be. I understand liberalism in the sense of when you have uh, powers that be that are oppressive, who are taking liberties and being liberal right. with their power and lording over people. Because see, that's what I'm saying. That's where, where does this stuff stop? And, and that's where you, what you so you, what you're basically saying is that if, if you are in a position where you're applying the word as a means to liberate people, mm -hmm. then, then you're dealing with people who are already in bondage and the word has its correct meaning. But if you're not fighting against oppression that's there, then, then liberal can can turn itself into libertine. It can mean literally, I can do anything I want to without consequences. Yes, and you can take the liberty to assume that whatever it is that I'm doing isn't hurting anybody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's why that kind of stuff it, it doesn't really it doesn't really work. And I think 
what happens is that people get so hung up on liberty. You know, it, it basically liberty becomes an idol. And um, that's where people need to be really careful. Like I, for myself, you know, I have to be, I can't assume that, hey, I enjoy doing this, or I think that these are the things, the way that things are supposed to be, and I have the right to go ahead and vote to make people have to live by it. Um, rather than saying, you know what, rather than, than focusing on the liberty, let me focus on who liberty is, not what it is, who it is, and the one who authored it himself. And then from there, when I can do that and I can say, okay, I can love the Lord my God with all my heart, my heart, mind, and strength, the operative word here being mind, because you actually have, he wants you to be intelligent. He wants you to think about these things. And then from there, love my neighbor as I would myself. And from there, it's like, okay, I got to make sure that I've, I'm acknowledged this balance of freedom here where it's like, it's not all about me and what I feel like I have the right to do and what I feel entitled to and all that sort of stuff. What does it cost? What cost does it force on somebody else? You know, what, what am I making sure that when I do this, I'm not assuming that, hey, uh, I'm not hurting anybody else by doing this, you know, and, and deceiving myself and taking those kind of liberties with, with perspectives all around. So that's why I'm very, I myself, I have lots of reservations. I, I'm very conservative about how I use the term liberal or libertine or, or libertarian or liberty, all those things that are rooted in this, in this word, in this idea, because the thing is, it's you, you. There's this arbitrary line of where people think that it's going to stop. Like, I, if I could say this really quick, I, I think this is one of the big difference between libertarians and liberals. If I can, if I can go this route mm -hmm. between libertarians, I, I take a libertarian as really as a liberal that just hates taxes. That's what I see. Because at the end of the day, uh, a libertarian will tell you. Do what you want as long as it doesn't cost anybody. And I feel that point of view is very naive because libertarians tend to think that we'll have a society where people will pay for their own mistakes. They'll take responsibility for their own mistakes. So if you right. want to have an abortion. Enlightened self-interest kind of thing. That's yes. just unfortunately most, there's a lot of people who don't, who don't play by those rules. Exactly. Whereas the liberal believes the same. Liberal, libertarians will say that, hey, it's, uh, you know, everything should be legal. Right, that's one of their, their their monsters. I mean, if you want to get into like the the hardcore libertarians, and liberal is feels like, well, if it feels good, do it. The liberal is just naive. They're, well, they're not naive. They're actually right. Somebody else is going to pay for it. Libertarians think that they'll assume their own responsibility for it. Liberals know that somebody else will pay for it because the bottom line is, if like say for instance, if you feel like you have the right to kill your, it's your body, it's your business, and the government shouldn't be involved in all that sort of stuff, and you feel like you have the right to kill your kid, trust me, you will also feel entitled to make somebody else pay for it. That is the real world. Whereas the libertarian yeah. assumes that they will just take the responsibility for it, and society just not work that way. Yeah, I wonder how many of these uh, so-called pro-choice people are completely in favor of mandating that you get a, uh, an injection for this vaccine, uh, you know. Uh, but the other, another term that I think I hear a lot, I don't, I don't ever refer to the left as liberals anymore because I think it gives them too much credit, frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I generally call them progressives, but I, I often find myself looking at that word. Now, progressivism is a political movement, and, and it's 150 years old, if not older. I mean, 150 B.C., uh, there was a Roman named Gaius Gracchus who was saying, we should just give people grain out of the treasury. Okay, a hundred <laughs> years after that, Cicero said we tried that and it wasn't such a good idea. So, so this is a, a political movement that called itself progressivism, and that's very different uh, meaning of progress than the word that I understood when I was growing up in the in the space age in the '60s. For me, progress meant yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do more. 
we're gonna we're gonna go faster. We're gonna go higher. We're gonna we're gonna build bigger buildings. We're gonna we're gonna build faster cars. We're going to have more energy. We're going to have more abundance. We're going we're going to progress. And, and for the entire last two, three hundred years, that's what the word meant. If you were used to driving around in a stagecoach, you finally got a chance to ride on a train. You're moving 60, 70 miles an hour. That's progress. If you had to go out and pump a, a, you know, a well to get water and all of a sudden you can just turn a little faucet, not only water comes out, but hot water comes out. That's progress. But but what progressivism is today is precisely the opposite. It is an extremely regressive philosophy. It's a philosophy designed to put people in their places, to maintain levels of, of aristocratic privilege for the people who have it and, and, and complete lack of rights for those that don't. It's, it's, it's regressive in every way. And people talk about it like it's a really beneficial thing. They've, again, they've stolen a word that used to mean something and completely inverted its, uh, its, its meaning. But that's that's who Democrats are. That's what they do. That's who they are. Yeah, that's, that's what you they know, do. And, and, and their their whole worldview is covetousness. Uh, they think it's justifiable covetousness. You know, what's yours belongs to me. And, you know, brothers keeping all that sort of stuff as they pervert, you know, these biblical narratives and stuff like that. Um, but I'm, I'm you know what? <clears throat> I'm I'm on the on the uh, the strategy of don't let them get it. Don't don't let them get away from what they want to call themselves. You guys want to call yourselves progressives. You want to call yourselves liberal. OK. You have basically, as far as I'm concerned, they have laid their own trap. It, it, it's it's a it's a trap on a silver platter, right? It's, so how do you spring how do you spring that trap? Well, like say for instance, like um, you know, w w if they want to call themselves progressives, you know, send out the narrative, make it far wide because they're the ones, you know, like say for instance, cancer sucks, right? Cancer really sucks. Nobody likes it, uh, but. A lot of people, especially in the progressive camp, they like to lean on things like that to make themselves be like the compassionate people. These people want to call themselves progressives. Go ahead and tie that two things together. You guys, you assume, yeah, you're about as progressive as cancer. There is nothing progressive yeah, about your, your, your philosophy is progressing through our system. It's it's a particularly um, malignant form Absolutely. that's progressing through our, our system. Or even with the term liberal. It's like, yeah, you guys are totally liberal. You're liberal with your power. You're liberal with taxing people. You're liberal with borrowing money. You're liberal with spending money. You're liberal with trying to control people, liberal with controlling the population. You're liberal with the idea that you can control the flipping weather. Look at what your liberalism does. Your guys are liberal in all the wrong ways. And you know what? We're not going to let you get away from that. We're not going to let you get away with it. You want to call yourselves liberals? This is what you've done with your so-called liberalism. So here's my final thought on language for, the, for this uh, particular episode. Uh, 1984 is a classic. It's one of the greatest books ever written. And, and, it, and it's the real genius of 1984 is not just how thoroughly George Orwell portrayed the horror of, of the endless state, not just the grayness of it, not just the, the, the sheer despair, the utter hopelessness. There's a line from 1984 that the future is a boot on a human neck for, for the next thousand years. That's, that's basically what the what the state is, which is Ingsoc, by the way. It's the name of mm. English Socialism. That's the name of the state in 1984 that Big Brother is the, uh, the figurehead of. It's English Socialism. Mm. Put that aside for a second. The genius of 1984, the reason that it's such a, an outstandingly brilliant book instead of just another horror story, is that of all the things that Orwell understood, he understood that if you can control the language, you don't just control, you don't just control the people, you control the way they think. You, we think with words. That's 
we have internal conversations with ourselves. This is what language allows us to do. You can't have abstract thoughts without language. And, and the idea of, of reducing the language being the key to increasing the level of oppression was, I thought, the most brilliant part of 1984. There's a scene in, in, in that uh, book where Winston Smith by the name, by the way, Winston Smith is is an interesting name in itself. Orwell intended it to be the, just an indication of how far man had fallen. You've got this incredible first name, Winston Churchill, but you're just Winston Smith. There's no Winston left in you. <laughs> but they talk in the cafeteria. He's talking to one of these guys, and he's talking about how proud he is that the eighth edition of the of the Newspeak um, dictionary or whatever has sixty thousand fewer words than the previous definition previous book, fewer words. How can you think about things like freedom if there's no such word as freedom, if it's only ungood behavior or double plus ungood behavior? <laughs> and, and how can you talk about rebellion if that's only double plus ungood or thought crime or something like that? The entire book is predicated on using language to tell people things that they know are not true so that they question the nature of reality. So the department of the, the, the department that goes around killing people and oppressing people is the department of love and, the, and you know and the department of truth they're the people who's responsible for telling all the propaganda lies and and we see this so much now today we see the left doing everything they can to restrict the ability of us to speak if they can control our language they can actually control our thinking because if you if you were born into a generation where certain words or concepts are just not spoken, how are you ever going to think about these things? Indeed, man. And it's, you know, and like one of the things that brings to mind is, you know, people say you need to get educated, right? You got to get educated. You got to get informed. And I'm like, well, educated in what? You know, informed in what? There's lots of information. Matter of fact, we have so much access to information that it seems mm. that the, the byproduct of it or the result of it is, is more ignorance. Right. I guess like even Reagan said, it's like, hey, man, it's not that these people don't know. It's not. It's just, it's just it's so much of what they know is wrong. It's wrong. You know, it's just so much. Yeah. What they know let, me, is let me just jump in on that uh -huh. just for a second. I want to I don't want to cut your, your, your thought off, mm. but I, I've had this conversation with millennials and I say there's just so much stuff that you guys don't know about. And the universal answer is, well, if we don't know about it, we'll just look at Wikipedia or we'll ask Siri and Siri will tell us mm. the the problem isn't that you don't know the answers. The problem is you don't know what questions to ask. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. you, you, you can have access to infinite number of instantaneous answers to questions, but if you don't know what questions to ask, then you're just as dumb as a bunch of rocks. The, 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 it's absolutely irrelevant that you can have the answer, the, for the sake of the argument, the accurate instantaneous answer to any question you might have if you don't know what questions to ask, or more importantly, if you don't even ask any questions in the first place. Sure, sure, and it goes back to that that education thing. I mean, at the University of Google or Wikipedia or what have you. And, you know, or we get into the narrative of, it's not that people don't know what to, they're not being taught what to think, they're not being taught how to think. I don't want somebody to teach me how to think either. You know, I just want the freedom to be able to think. I want to be able to prayerfully think. I want the freedom to be able to do these things. And we're, but with all these resources that we have, uh, the institutions of higher learning and stuff like that, people are being encouraged, yes, to get this education, to think as they're being indoctrinated and the prestige or, or just the, the pressure to be in the know, knowledgeable 
it's it's to our peril because you see these people, you know, going after this knowledge and people are becoming colder towards one another. You know, you can see some jewel instances of people being kind to each other and stuff like that. But the mood, the atmosphere that's surrounding yeah. everybody is that it, it is a gloomy mood. And this goes right back to the garden. You got you got a tree of knowledge of good and evil and you have a tree of life. Right. So. You got Adam and Eve who basically leapfrogged over the tree of life and went right for the knowledge. The knowledge. That's what we're, in this day, there's no excuse to see it anymore where people are so hung up on knowledge and looking like they're in the know. They'll they'll take to being educated by anything. They don't care. It's, yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, think about it, Bill. People are taking to be educated in anything. And they don't even care about the nefarious implications of it. Tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's like, I don't care. I want the knowledge. Life. And look at what we're doing to each other with all this knowledge. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's actually really profoundly correct. Um, We don't care about good and evil. We have no sense of morality. So we're going to figure out a way to make... um, bat viruses infect people, or we're going to figure out a way to make machines that are smarter than we are that can then make machines that are even smarter than they are, and what could possibly go wrong? There is no wisdom attached to it because there is no moral code. It's it's knowledge for the sake of knowledge. And this is why in a, in a society that's so highly technological as ours is, we find ourselves being led by people like Fauci and, and, and Zuckerberg and, and, and the guys at Google and YouTube. And, and these people don't have human connections in the way that we understand the term. They really don't. It's just it's almost like this pure robotic, there's a better word, reptilian mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> intellect that is not connected to any sense of, of right and wrong consequences, wisdom, nothing. It's just, it's just this thing that cuts things. And you can cut some amazing stone and you can also cut living tissue and and that's not quite so much fun. Um, That'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signals made possible by the members here at BillWhittle.com. We're very grateful always uh, for your membership and especially for being able to bring our friend Zoe uh, Rachel back to the scene with us here. So um, for Zoe Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time here on the Virtue Signal. Welcome and thank you for tuning in for some sledge covers where I put a sledge edge on songs from back in the day, particularly from the 70s and the 80s. Bell bottoms to parachute pants, baby. If you dig what you hear, you can download all these songs for free or drop a buck in a guitar case if you like. I wouldn't mind that. You can also check out original 20-pound sledge jams, too. You can also download all those for free or make a donation. Thank you so much for supporting. Links are in the description field. Sledge on!
say stop. Okay, song stopped. What's up? Man, I feel kind of silly singing the quad diddly quad quad parts. Really? Yeah. Actually, you know what's really silly, man? What? You in here talking to yourself and posting it online. And playing with yourself, too. I play the instruments myself. Don't get it twisted, pervert. I know you are, but what am I? I'll give you a hint. I'm you. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Want to get back to that silly sing-along, hmm?